With the 157th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Amir Smith-Marset, wide receiver, Iowa. Of the rookies that we've selected, uh, Janarius Robinson is, is my favorite. And I, I really, really enjoyed watching him on film. He, he is my favorite of all of the draft picks thus far. Hey, Vikings fans. Welcome to the third episode and final day of the 2021 NFL Draft. It's Chris Corso here with the Minnesota Vikings podcast, proudly presented by our good friends, at High V. Thank you again to High V for being with us all weekend long and being on board with the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It was a very eventful three days for the Minnesota Vikings. 11 picks on the docket throughout the three days of the draft. And with that, I bring in Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson and the man behind the Minnesota Vikings podcast, Jay Nelson, because there are so many picks to break down. Vikings Entertainment Network's Pete Bursich will join the show later on. But first, I'm going straight to Gabe Henderson because, man, you have done an outstanding job talking to every single one of the Vikings draft picks. And I'm sure you have takeaways through the roof about what has gone down the past three days. I'll just start with my biggest takeaway from day three. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset, the wide receiver from Iowa, he is by far the most confident player in this draft. And I will stand behind um, that because simply, if you if you look back to 2019, the Holiday Bowl, um, he looked into the camera right before kickoff. Well, he was returning the kick, and he looked into the camera and said, hey, I'm cribbing this kickoff return. And it was against USC, against the Trojans, and literally they kicked it to him, and he returned it for 98 yards. And I asked him about that, and he gave me the story. And I was like, confidence really plays a, a big deal into you know why you're here today. And he went on, a, you know, how confident he is, how ready he is to play. And, uh, you know, being drafted in the fifth round, this guy can pretty much do anything you want. He plays wide receiver, but he also can return kicks. He can return punts. He was the, the Big Ten um, Special Teams Player of the Year and the Big Ten <clears throat> Returner of the Year back in 2019. And uh, when I talked to Rick earlier, I asked him, I said, I feel like, you know, a guy like Amir Smith-Marset and Kene Wangu, from Iowa State, Ryan Ficken, they both had their like Ryan Ficken had his name on both of those picks, and he said, "Yeah, I mean, when you when you have a special teams unit that needs to be uh, addressed in the, in the draft, you pick guys like Amir Smith, Marset. He ran a four four two in his pro day, and then when you look at the first pick in the third round for the Minnesota Vikings, Kane Wangu, he ran a four three two, and we addressed that with speed. The Minnesota Vikings got better, they got faster." And it's been a pleasure talking to all these draft picks. I can I can go through one by one and go through takeaways, but I'm, I don't think we got enough time to talk about that. But that, those uh, Amir Smith Marset was probably my biggest takeaway from day three, along with you know some of the other guys that that were drafted today. You know that's why I teed you up like that, Gabe, because we didn't get a chance to talk to you last night. But you have done so much work throughout this weekend, and for you to come up with one takeaway out of all the work that you've done. That is something that had to stand out to you. And to hear a guy like that later in the draft have that kind of confidence, definitely something that you want to uh, kind of just just zone in on as a Vikings fan. But looking at the six selections today, it seemed like Rick Spielman, and I heard it in his interview with you, Gabe, they're, the Vikings staff, front office, scouts, coaches, they're looking for specific talents, whether it's speed, 
whether it's what you can do on special teams, whether it's a 6-7 tight end punter that can contribute all over the field. It seems like, Jay, that they were looking for certain talents to add to all facets of this team. And a lot of these players have something like speed, height, strength, or whatever it might be. Uh, That seemed to be the theme of the draft, in my opinion. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's the intangibles, right? Exactly. Like you're always looking for you're looking for the small little pieces, the intangibles for each one of these players. And part of that too is given the debate we had hotly right before the draft happened, the quality over quantity, you know, we made the one the one move in the first round and after that we stuck to our guns for all of our picks and found top-tier talent players at these different positions that all seem to have traits that our coaches and coordinators are looking for specifically. I mean, you look at those edge rushers, they've all got the long, lean, uh, quick get off off the line. And it just feels like with guys like Patrick Jones, a second and uh, Janarius Robinson out of FSU, like those are those prototypical body types at that DN position that Andre loves. And so they ought to be able to, to come in and start working with him right away and get better. And uh, then you turn around and you grab a guy like Jalen Twyman as well at D tackle with that sixth pick. And he's his whole knock on him is he's only six foot one. But when he's holding up the line at the line, especially at that three technique position, it feels like, again, this is another guy that's going to be right in the wheelhouse that Andre can work with and try to mold him into what what he would want from him. So as Gabe said, you've got the speed demons to address multiple spots, whether it's the return game or in the wide receiver game as well. But it just feels like all of our positions that we went through and grabbed All of them have a little bit of an intangible in all of their bios. And that's what the intriguing part is, is that identifying those players, get them to come in and get them to to fit into our system. That's going to be the fun part to see what happens during this regular offseason. Yeah, so many like freak athletes, it seems like, in this draft. You start out today with the fourth-round pick, the 119th overall pick, Kane Wangu out of Iowa State, a running back, which certainly shocked me. And then I saw the way that he could return kicks and punts and what he can do on special teams like Gabe just mentioned. Uh, that's why you take a guy like that with the fourth, with the first fourth-round pick for the Vikings. Then went Cameron Bynum, the cornerback from Cal that was named a safety on the draft pick by general manager Rick Spielman. So clearly he has some intangibles that make him better suited for that position in the Vikings defense. And then the next fourth-round pick, This is the guy I'm honing in on because I did a lot of pro uh, football-focused mock drafts, and every single one that I did, Gabe, I selected Janarius Robinson, defensive end out of Florida State. And I think I said this to you. I don't know if if, if we had this conversation, but I always picked him because I saw the 6'5 frame, I saw the 265, and we talked to Andre Patterson a week and a half ago, and he says... He doesn't look at sacks. He doesn't look at the stats in college, but he looks at the things that you cannot teach. And that's what I see in that guy. A 6'5 frame, played in the ACC, one of the top recruits coming out of high school. Probably one of my favorite picks in this draft. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think another thing you can't coach is a 7'2 wingspan. Like the guy's arms is He's a basketball player. Yeah, he's he's scratching his knees standing up. Like he's a guy that that's – a fifth-year senior, he's a grown man. When talking to him, you can just tell he's just accountable. He's responsible. He's a fifth-year senior, so he has the experience. And for me, when you look at a guy like that with the experience, you say, okay, this guy, he's played in a lot of big games, and he's coachable. 
I mean, of course, the motor is there. I think once you get a guy with a good motor, you can coach everything else around that. And his motor is second to none. I mean, he has really good speed. Uh, of course, you know, him getting around at the edge, you know, his knee bend, he probably can get a little bit better than that. But when, but when you're being coached by Andre Patterson, you learn how to turn the corner. So like Andre Patterson said a few weeks ago, you know, I just want guys that can come in here with a certain body frame and they're able to be coached no matter if they're drafted in the first or the fourth or the fifth round. They just want to be coached. And when Janarius Robinson today, when I was talking to him, that's one thing he kept talking about. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to give my all. I'm ready to learn from Coach Dre. Like, I just want to be coached by a guy who, who knows what he's talking about. And, I mean, that's no knock to Janarius Robinson's coaches at Florida State. I mean, he was a fifth-year senior, had three head coaches during that span. So he's a guy that's that's been in multiple systems. He just wants to find some some security, and I think he finds that security in Andre Patterson and the Minnesota Vikings. And Vikings fans should be should be excited to to have him here. I think once we get him here and we are able to to talk a little bit more to him, I think Vikings fans will love him a little bit more because of the story. Uh, he has a a great story. I mean, he lost his house during Hurricane Michael, and pretty much lost it during the middle of uh, his junior year. Uh, 2019 at Florida State, and I think the game after that, he had 10 tackles, one sack, um, just just a, a phenomenal game. And I talked to him about that as far as like, dude, you're the definition of perseverance. Like, what does perseverance mean to you? And he went through a, a whole sabbatical of how he, you know, lost his house and this and that. And I'm just like, okay, that's what makes the football player. Like, he can get knocked down five times, he's going to get up six, and he's going to try to get to the quarterback pretty much every single play. And I'm sure Vikings fans are excited to hear that. Perseverance is one of my favorite words, as corny as that sounds, Gabe. So I love that you brought that up for one of my favorite Vikings draft picks. Um, those were the three fourth-round picks. Going to the fifth-round pick, and to remind you guys, Vikings fans, we have Pete Bursich do more of an X's and O's breakdown of all of these draft picks. We're kind of just giving our takeaways here at the top. But looking at the fifth-round pick, Amir Smith-Marset, the wide receiver out of Iowa, Gabe already Gave a, a great bite on what he brings to the table. A guy who has speed, a guy who can contribute on special teams, and a player who was in the Big Ten right up the street. And I'm sure Rick Spielman and the Vikings scouts had a ton of looks at what he was able to do all over the field this year. One of the best playmakers in that conference. So uh, the next guy I want to throw at, throw at Jay here is one of the most interesting draft picks, and that is the fifth-round pick 168th overall, Zach Davidson, a tight end out of a Division II school, Central Missouri. Not every day, Jay, do you see a punter, tight end, 6-7 combination. Yeah, it's kind of crazy uh, reading through his bio and, and just kind of doing some backstory stuff on him and trying to figure out what was the deal with this guy. He's a monster of a size, and, and he's had some pretty good stats sitting there, too. And they basically said, yeah, in high school, though, he focused on punting and went to school as a punter and kind of turned into this long, lanky uh, tight end that actually went from being like a third or fourth option in high school, but primarily being a punter to somebody that they could actually run up the seam and, and do some damage with. And um, it sounded like, you know, coming from the small town that he was he was from in Missouri, that the entire town was really kind of rallying around him for just this awesome story. And when you watch the tape on this kid, you know, that he had like 40 receptions, but 15 touchdowns. And it just feels like from from the uh, reviews and everything of his game, you stick this guy in the red zone and let him kind of post up against some of these shorter guys and, and good luck trying to, to out jump a ball with this guy. So if he can 
turn himself into a, a tight end that we like on this roster, which a lot of times has been some sort of a blocking tight end as well as downfield pieces. I mean, a guy of that size, we all know what we used to do with Rudy. It was kind of like get him down in the end zone and let him jump up and go for it. Um, if this guy's got any hops at all and he's six foot seven, then there's a guy here. You could have found a definitely found a diamond in the rough from this uh, D2 school. So it, Central Missouri, Zach Davidson, put him on your list for preseason games because it's going to be fun to watch. I, f- I feel like Zach Davidson is the name that Vikings fans are going to see for like 15 years. Like he's like the David Morgan that just was always made the roster for however many years that was. I think Zach Davidson might be a household name for the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see what happens in training camp and, of course, rookie minicamp when he suits it up and puts the pads on um, eventually. But, wow, I, I, I'm just – I'm amazed by what he brings to the table from a punting standpoint, from a tight end standpoint, from a frame standpoint. He just has so many accolades that come along with what he brings to the table, and he is a very exciting prospect with the number 168th pick overall. Finally, the last pick of the draft for the Vikings was the Tom Brady pick, 199 overall. That's where Tom Brady was selected by the New England Patriots out of the University of Michigan, and it's Jalen Twyman, a defensive three-technique tackle out of the University of Pittsburgh. So, Gabe, what do you think he brings to the table? Uh, I mean, he's added to a teammate of his that we selected the day earlier in Patrick Jones II. So, clearly, uh, when Andre Patterson turns on the tape of the University of Pittsburgh, he liked what he saw uh, from that unit. Yeah, and I wonder how, how much Patrick Jones II played into that decision if he was in his air. You know, I know you hear Rick always saying Andre Patterson standing up on the table, but I wonder if Patrick Jones II was standing up on the table also, which I highly doubt. But J- Jalen Twyman, man, he's a guy that I feel like he will get some valuable reps this year, learning behind Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson. But at the same time, Rick Spillman said if he would have came out in 2020 this past year, of course he opted out, the Vikings had him as one of the top five defensive tackles in the draft. So for him to slide all the way down to the sixth round for the Vikings to select him, clearly he's a guy that the player, he's a guy that the Vikings really had their eye on um, early on, and I'm sure they're happy that he, he fell to the Tom Brady spot. But just looking at him, 10 and a half sacks, he's only 6'2", 301 pounds. So he can, he can stack the middle. He can rush the quarterback. But the big thing that stood out to me is that he trained this offseason with Aaron Donald. And he is the first defensive tackle in um, pit history with 10 sacks since Aaron Donald did it when Aaron Donald was a pit panther. And just you know, comparing those two, they have similar body types. I'm sure Aaron Donald's a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. But I think when you, when you train around greatness, eventually your mindset will, will become great. And I think adding that offseason experience to being behind uh, Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce and learning from Andre Patterson, he's going to provide some great, great depth for this Minnesota Vikings team this upcoming season. Yeah, the commentators on the national broadcast brought up the Aaron Donald stat, and I was like, anytime you can get that in the sixth round, any sort of comparison to Aaron Donald, I think I will take that and welcome it with open arms. But uh, I know he did sit out last year due to COVID. He just took the year off. Um, and decided to to obviously not play with everything going on with the pandemic. So the year before, he was an outstanding player on this University of Pittsburgh team. So you might have gotten a steal there in the sixth round uh, for Mike Zimmer and the important three-technique position when you have two maulers in the middle 
that we picked up in free agency in Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson. It's nice to have a guy who's probably a little bit smaller in stature, but maybe quicker and more fleet of feet uh, than the other two big guys that, that we signed in free agency. But man, that just wrapped up an absolutely crazy weekend for the Vikings. They had 11 total picks, a lot of picks, probably not a lot of picks for Rick Spielman, who drafted 15 last year. We were talking about that before the show. Definitely a little bit of an easier uh, weekend for us, four less picks to uh, do 20,000 pieces of content on. But Is that still the most picks in the draft this year? Well, I think it is, yeah. As, oh as we gosh. speak, I, I'm pretty sure 15 is still the Super Bowl era record um, that the Vikings set last year and kept us busy probably till late um, on this day a year ago, <laughs> which it seems like we might be able to wrap up a little bit quicker uh, during this year's during this year's draft. So, Gabe, I'm throwing it to you. Yeah, um, I didn't get to come on last night, and I was excited to come on only for you both to be asleep when I called you asking when to record this podcast. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to – I know, missed you. I know Jay has something to say, but <laughs> – I wasn't asleep, buddy. I was editing this stuff. So. <laughs> nah, Jay, you we called had a little, We had a little phone conversation. Yeah, I was about to start editing. Both of you guys called me back. I, I looked at my phone, and I was like, man, it is late. And I figured you, you guys had already recorded an hour before, so I'm glad you guys recorded. But my sleeper pick, which is a very biased pick in this NFL draft for the Vikings, is Chaz Surratt. Um, University of North Carolina. He's from North Carolina. I was talking to Derek Keyes the other day, and I was like, Bro, who out of everybody in this draft? Well, I talked to him yesterday. I said, out of everybody in this draft class, like, who is your project? And he said, Chas Surratt is is my guy. I said, why? He said, because he reminds me of Eric Kendricks. And Eric Kendricks was uh, Derek Keyes' project when he was drafted. And well, I guess when Derek Keyes got here, Eric Kendricks was his project. Hey, I'm going to make you a Pro Bowler one day. So to hear that from Derek Keyes, I'm just like, okay, uh, th- this guy is going to be a stud in the making. I mean, especially coming from quarterback, I'm sure you guys talked about it last night. Um, the middle linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. So he, he already understands what's going on. He can see the plays coming before it happens. Now it's just trusting his instincts. And I think, you know, a, a year learning from, you know, Anthony Barr and, and Eric Hendricks and, and Nick Vigil, um, I, I think he is going to be a pick that not many people expected to make plays um, as soon in his career. I, I think he'll make some plays this year. And m- mainly it'll be on special teams and, you know, getting in and fitting in where he can. But at the same time, I think he has a bright future because he wants to learn and he just understands the game. Being a quarterback, you just have a you just have a different understanding of the game when you when you move to another position. The game just slows down, and you can see on film that the game slowed down for him this past season. And I'm excited. I'm excited about him. And we, we got to take care of the North Carolina guys that moved to Minnesota anyway, right? <laughs> I was about to say you're not biased at all going with the North Carolina guy. Man, he had <laughs> he had he had Bojangles at his draft party last night, and I think last night was probably the most homesick I have been since I moved here. I was like, bro, like really, like Bowberry Bisque, like now I want to go back home. Now you just got to ask him to bring some when he comes <laughs> yeah. up here. Already asked him to bring some seasoning salt from Bojangles. Like, <laughs> I already hit him up about that. I love it. Well, Gabe gets a little taste of home with the North Carolina Tar Heel uh, being a super surprise pick at that point on day two in the draft. And you mentioned Derek Keyes. And for Vikings fans who don't know, Derek Keyes is the assistant uh, strength and conditioning coach in the Vikings weight room. And he is one of the most beloved people in the Vikings organization. He bonds with the players. He bonds with the coaches. He just has a big time um, pull on what goes on in the building. 
because he's able to mold an Eric Kendricks into what he became in the NFL. So I, I love that you threw a Derek Keyes shout-out to the Vikings fans because they need to know who who he is if they don't already know um, what he brings to this organization. But, Jay, I'm going to you. What's your what's your final takeaway before we get to Vikings.com's Pete Bursich of the Vikings Entertainment Network? I think for all the fans that have been uh, – going after this team on social media and all last season, off season, whatever you want to talk about. There was a lot of discussion that was had about offensive line needs to be a lot bigger and get a little more stout. Well, I think you got that in your, your Darisaw and Wyatt Davis picks. Uh, we need some defensive edge rushers because we didn't have a lot of success last season. Uh, you turn around and went and got some two long defensive ends in this one. You need some more playmakers on special teams because special teams was ranked 31st in the in the league and in, in team percentages. And you went out and got some burners that are supposed to be some special teams returners here. So a lot of those pieces that everyone was talking about all off season and even during the season last year about just needing to get better. It feels like we went and got some pieces and on top of this, there's going to be the free agent list that's going to come out after we're all done with everything. So it's going to get interesting. There's going to be a lot of competition around the, around the entire team. And that's one thing that Rick and, and coach talked about. There's going to be a lot of people that, yeah, they know that they're on this team, but there's going to be a whole lot more people that are going to be getting evaluated. And I think when you bring in some better talent like this that we've identified, uh, there's going to be a whole lot of fun stuff to watch when it comes to mini camps and training camp coming up here for the next couple months. One of the most exciting draft weekends that I can remember um, in the Vikings franchise uh, since I've been here at least uh, since 2015. So thank you again, Gabe. Thank you, Jay. Really good content. And with that, we're going to go to Pete Bursich. But first, make sure to maximize your weekend and shopping experience by earning fuel savings, exclusive monthly deals, free grocery delivery, two-hour express pickup at your very own personal shopper. Sign up for High V Plus membership today at HyV.com. Thank you to High V again for being with us all weekend long on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. All right, we got Pete Bursich here. And Pete, day three has wrapped up. The NFL draft has wrapped up, and the Vikings have selected 11 overall picks. Day three, though, I got to get your thoughts. What, what were you thinking? Well, I mean, day three, there's still, a, you know, there's still a lot of good football players out there, and I think – everybody has to keep this in mind with the draft and, and um, is that it's about the height, the weight and the speed and the guys with the ideal or elite height, weight, speed. Those are the guys that get drafted in the first and second round because athleticism is viewed as potential, but there are so many good football players that are still out there that maybe you have a defensive lineman that ran a four seven instead of a four five, right. You know, and he, you know, but he plays 100% effort all of the time um, and is smart and has the technique and all those different things. So you can still find some really, really good football players, you know, in the third round, fourth round, fifth round, et cetera. So it's, it's an, it's a very, very important day. Yeah. I mean, we were talking off camera, Janarius Robinson, uh, you said that's your favorite player. Am I right? I think of all of the rookies that we've selected and from what I've seen, uh, Janarius Robinson is, is my favorite. And I, why I like about him is, is his, they call it a lean, right? He can get to the back of an offensive line and he has that nice little dip and that soft shoulder and he's able to run that corner, but he's also very, very stout at the point of attack. And when he has a tackle block and he gets that hand right, right in the chest of the offensive mm -hmm. lineman, 
right? Gets that long arm out there, stops the offensive lineman, gets off and makes a tackle. So I, I really, really enjoyed watching him on film and his effort level seems to be very, very good. Uh, yeah, he he is my favorite of all of the draft picks thus far. I think if you, whenever you're six five and have a seven foot two wingspan, ch- chances are you're, you're going to be pretty dominant when it comes to. And, you, and that's the thing is this kid knows how to use it. I mean, right. in, you know, in, in if, you know, the offensive line and defensive line is kind of like wrestling, and you, know, you always say one arm is longer than two, and he definitely uses that wingspan to uh, you know to get off the blocks. Yes, yeah, the, the other DN. I mean, you got Patrick Jones the second. I mean, no knock to him. He was drafted in the 3rd round. He's a guy that can come in and you know and make some plays also. Oh, no no question about it and and he is uh very very athletic. I mean, they have him listed at 260, you know, 265ish. You watch him on film, he doesn't look that big. Uh but I tell you what, this kid can move. He's very very quick. Um We've seen a couple plays where he's isolated in space against a running back, and he's able to chase the guys inside out. And you know, in this in this day and age of the NFL, when you you get your athletes to football in space, it's very very important that your defensive end be that athletic. And this kid definitely has that. So he, you could just see he has just that just more athleticism, and that's why you know he's a third round type of a guy um, than Janarius, who's you know maybe just a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and is a little bit you know goes a little bit later. So. And, and that's like it or hate it. I mean, all people love the draft. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's about height, weight, and speed means a ton in this whole thing. And uh, like I said, you, I think you're getting a great football player in the third round. You're getting a great defensive end in the fourth round. And according to Rick Spillman, he says we're getting a good player in the sixth round in Jalen Twyman. Of course, we know 10 and a half sacks in 2019 opted out of the 2020 season. I know you're going to break down film on him. That'll be on Vikings.com later, later this week, if not next. But why is he such a good get in the sixth round? For an interior guy, for a guy who's a defensive interior guy to have 10 sacks or to get to the double-digit number in college, that's productivity. And we know the way of the defensive line is is, is specialization. You, you know, you're going to have your first and second down type guys. We have Pierce, right? Mm-hmm. We have Tomlinson. We need someone that can get some juice in the, you know, in the third down situations. And I think this kid can, you know, he's probably going to be one of those kinds of guys. So if you can rush the passer from the interior, it's the shortest route to the quarterback. So, hey, right. you know what? Let's go. So uh, the Vikings, I think they make, well, six picks on offense, five picks on defense, 11 picks overall. Pretty balanced. What's next, though? <laughs> um, here, here's here's what bodes, bodes so well, I think, for the Vikings is that um, you may have two rookies that start. That's it. Really, if everybody that's out there right now and everybody on the roster stays healthy through training camp, you get to opening day, you're probably going to have a, a you know a rookie in Dareshaw at the left tackle. Oh, by the way, he's only you know first round pick, you know, so 23rd overall. So yeah, he's pretty good. Then you're looking for a defensive end, but the beauty of the defensive end position is you can platoon. So if you have two guys that are you know very good, you can still you can rotate them, you can platoon them. Those are the only two spots where you're not going to have. Um, a free agent or some type of a veteran. You have Nick Vigil, could be the third linebacker. Uh, you have Patrick Peterson in there. You have so many uh, Mackenzie Alexander's back. So even if you go nickel, you have you have veterans really across the board. Um, you know, you look at our offensive line now, uh, you know, 80% of our offensive line was drafted by the Vikings in the last four years in either the first or second round. So those guys are athletes, right? They're, they're big, they're fast, they can move. 
Um, just got to keep them, you know, get those guys playing together, you know, for Dalvin's uh, benefit. And I mean, that's, we're not young at key positions. Left mm-hmm. tackle is one of the hardest places to play physically. And you look at an, and the defense, you know, the further out you are on the edge, the more athletic you have to be, but you don't have to think as much. I mean, being smart still helps, right. but if you're a corner, you've got to be, you got to be an unbelievable athlete. If you're a defensive end, you've got to be an unbelievable athlete. Same thing on the offense. If you're an offensive tackle, you block the guy in the end of the line of scrimmage 90% of the time. So it's not as if he's going to have to be digging in his playbook right? <laughs> and, you know, and have his brain, you know, have, the game is going to slow down for him. No, you block the defensive end and he, but his athleticism, you know, he should be able to pick, pick up the, the, the technique that they need to teach him in this level, the pad level that you need at this level. And, and um, you know, so to have young guys at those two, at those positions, I feel really good about how this team is put together going into the season. Yeah, I think, you know, speaking of Christian Derrissaw, it also helps that his offense, Virginia Tech, ran a zone scheme type offense. So it, it helps, you know, when it translates to this type, to this Vikings offense, even though it's not going to be the same terminology, it'll be some of the same steps. It and will be. Yes, absolutely. It will be. And, and you, you start watching a lot more college film and you see these three, maybe four man fronts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes at the three, you know, even with the four man front, there's a kind of a linebacker out there. It's a Jack or a Joker, or whatever they call them. When you play the Green Bay Packers and when you play the Chicago Bears, there will be five defensive linemen out there on the field, yeah. right? Khalil Mack is considered an outside linebacker, which he is. But as we know, he's every bit as good as a defensive end. So those guys are going to be a lot more one on one. My point. Yeah, it's the same kind of blocking scheme, but he's going to be seeing completely yeah. different styles of fronts, and he's going to be seeing seeing a much, much improved product. I mean, these guys are really, really good that he's going to be going against. Yeah, and it'll be good to to practice against the new Hunter every day to get him prepared for those Khalil Max and other guys that, that he'll be faced against each week in the division. But I, I know everyone wants to hear a, a good story, and everybody wants to hear an Adam Thielen undrafted free agent story, and you're not going to get that every year. But if, if Viking fans are looking for a, you know an undrafted hero-type story, which position group would that come from, if any? Well, I'm I'm interested to see who they sign and who's left to sign at the at the running back slash wide receiver position, and yeah. by that I mean as a return man, right? Um, I know we picked up a running back, um, Nwangu, yeah. right, and he's a return guy. Our kicking game—that's that's the area where you know there are some openings, and if uh, you know we do need a kicker, we'll figure that situation out. But if any of these rookies come in and they're very good at returning punts, and they're really good at kickoff return, they have a spot on this football team. That's the easiest way to make the 2021 Minnesota Vikings roster is to be the return guy. Mm -hmm. So these later round picks, hopefully there's some guys with some speed. They don't necessarily have to be great route runners and those kinds of things. Hey, you know, Cordell Patterson, they've been looking for places to make him, to let him play, right? Running back, wide receiver, they move him. He doesn't, you know, he's kind of a – but as a return guy, he's unbelievable. That's the kind of guy that you want to see and hopefully will get as a free agent. That's the kind of guy that's going to make the team. But that's one of the things, like even if you look at that Amir Smith-Marset, the wide receiver from Iowa, that was part of his specialty too, right? So like 
Yeah, he was he was kind of a, a little bit longer uh, wide receiver, but when he wanted to, especially on kick returns, he could house it periodically, and I think that's one thing that also made him a little dangerous when you look at the highlight film. They were also putting him on jet sweeps and everything as well, so it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Cordero, and I know it's hard to say given the fact of how dominant he's been since he came in the league, but that's what that's what intrigued me about that pick in the fifth round with Amir Smith-Marset out of uh, Iowa. You're absolutely right, and those are the the, the attributes that you look for later. Um, and like I said, you get a good you get a good return guy. The thing with return guys is you got to trust them. If you're returning punts, you have to be a great decision maker, and the coach has to trust trust them. We've seen it. You know how many times have we seen it all? You know throughout the last couple of years, where you you know you need like especially with BB from last year, it was great that he caught the go ahead touchdown after he you know muffed the punt. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You cannot muff punts in the NFL and win football games. So uh, yeah, great decision maker, being trustworthy. Those are the two most important things. What you do after you catch the football, that's fine. Kick return, get to the 25, please. That's all we, that's all we care about. <laughs> if you get any more, that's icing on the cake. But on the punt, when the whistle blows, you want the ball to be with, you know, you want to keep possession of the football. Well, I can't, I can't let you leave without asking a question about a guy who will surely make the team but will not play special teams. He'll probably be Kirk Cousins' backup. His name is Kellen Mond. Your thoughts on the Vikings drafting him? I'm really looking forward into digging, the, digging into the film. And what's great about Kellen Mond is he's, he's been a four-year starter. So you have just years and years of film on this kid. You know, you read about uh, the you know, accuracy and, and, you know, inaccuracy issues and, you wonder if that's a if that's a fundamental or technique situation that can be fixed. What I do like is his mobility, right? He's not necessarily a, a, just a runner, but he can run to keep the play alive. And I think that's what's most deadly in the NFL, not necessarily uh, just being able to pull the thing down and scrambling, but extending plays, being you know being able to move around in the pocket. Um, I've seen some great touch passes out of him. Um, but yeah, work on this mobility, learn the system, you know, that, you know, take a year, just to sit back, but, um, definitely has the potential. And I love the leadership about him. I mean, Texas A&M, uh, military school, mm-hmm. you know, you just have a little bit more of that, uh, that type of character. And those are the kinds of guys you want running your offense. You want to have a leader back there. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to meeting him, seeing, listening to him talk, interacting with him to see just if he has that kind of leadership potential. 11 picks all concluded by the sixth round with no trades on day two or day three, which is very surprising if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. But Pete, I will get you out of here with this. What are your final thoughts heading into rookie minicamp? When I go or if I get a chance to see, you know, minicamp, I'm going to go find Janarius Robinson and I'm just going to watch him because I just I have this feeling. I just love seeing what I've seen, uh, you know, out of him. Uh, you're going to get, you know, like I said, you're going to get a couple young, a couple rookies uh, definitely have uh, Dara Shaw starting a tackle. The other guys will be, you know, sprinkled in. Uh, CU's catching punts after practice. Uh, but, you know, a great, you know, a really a, a great uh, looks like it would, what, what appears to be a great group, a lot of offensive linemen, man. We've got some size, and, you know, that group should be, you know, have a shot in the arm, so to speak. That meeting room has a lot of youth, right, and a lot of great athletes in it. Uh, I expect that offensive line to be a difference maker this year. I mean, we can't, you know, it's been a bit of an Achilles heel. I think a lot of that's due to injury and guys moving around. The game's change. Your guards have to be unbelievable pass blockers. But that 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 front, the Dalvin Cook's front, I think is is going to be another big thing to watch. Absolutely, Pete. 
Always great talking to you. You know, I tell you every time, I feel like I could talk to you for an hour, but since we have rules and regulations on this show, we got to stop it here at, I think, about 13 minutes. But thank you so much. Neither of us are getting paid by the hour, so you know, might as well just keep chatting away. We have, you, you, know, you get paid by gonna, a second, right? If you're going to rob a bank, rob a big one. So if we're going to talk, <laughs> let's just keep on talking, baby. Let's just, let's just keep going. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to this offseason, looking forward to the season. Also, Pete, always a great time. Thank you very much. appreciate it. All right, always a pleasure to talk to Pete, Jay. Um, it's a great, great weekend. I just passed. The Vikings got better. And Vikings fans, thank you for tuning in. I mean, it's been a long weekend for you guys also, but you stay tuned. But keep staying tuned to Vikings.com on all of our social media platforms for the most up-to-date coverage of the team. We have our draft recap show this upcoming Tuesday with Pete Bursich, Courtney Cronin, a lot more. I think Jeff Saturday is going to join the show to talk about uh, Christian Derrissaw and Wyatt Davis. So we have – a lot more content coming your way. Also, we have another KFAN edition of Vikings Vantage, so mark your calendars for this upcoming Thursday, May the 6th. Thursday night at 6.30, Chris Corso and I will be bringing you everything that happened this weekend with another great guest. Again, that's 6.30 on KFAN this Thursday night. And finally, I want to thank hy V again for their great partnership with the Minnesota Vikings podcast and being with us all weekend long. We appreciate you and them for hanging with us for all of the action this entire weekend. It was a long weekend, Jay. But before we get out of here, I want to get your final thoughts. My final thoughts. Uh, this is always, like I said before, leading into this week. And it, it's always the anticipation and how much you love it. And then when you get done with this, this is really the the launching point, not only for the fans to really start to get amped and excited for what is possibly coming for the season. But this is the time for all of these people, all the hype, everything's thrown out. And now it's time to go to work. And this is where the real work kicks in for these rookies and where the veterans know it's time to really, you know, put something on film here at practice and in the offseason in order to make sure that you've got your 53 man roster secured when it comes uh, week one of the season. So this is where all the work begins, all the excitement's out the window. And it's get ready to jump in and, and get ready to get sore because there's going to be a lot of a lot of competition mm-hmm. going on. So this is always fun for us as the fans. And so just stay tuned and keep your eyes and ears open for all the content that's coming because it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And last but not least, this NFL schedule release is May the 12th. So Vikings fans, keep that on your radar also. Um, we are recording this on May the 1st, so we are 11 days away from the schedule release, I know Jay is going to try to tease us or surprise us again with the <laughs> the positioning of, of of teams that we're going to play this year. But I'm looking forward to it, Jay. It's always fun, and we get the extra games. So we're going to have That's 17 true. games this year instead of 16. So no more uh, hedging your bets of 8-8 eight and eight that people think, you know, what, what's your prediction for a season for all these different teams? And they're like, eh, I'm not quite sure. Let's do 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> Sorry, you get to jump off the fence. You either got to say we're going to have, you know, either us or everybody else are you going to have a winning season or a losing season? And uh, we're going to find out and kind of see what the murderer's row of all those games is going to be here in 11 days. So, again, something fun to look forward to. And it's the excitement of the NFL. It never stops. Well, it's an odd year for us. So uh, that means we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to have a winning season. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But in the meantime, Vikings fans, thank you again for listening to another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We will see you back here on Thursday, next Thursday morning, for another edition of the show. Talk to you soon and skull.